Okay, welcome to Romero Records Podcast. Today we have on... Elias Daniels. How's it going? Pretty good. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, we uh, don't know each other at all. I <laughs> I think... Uh, my, Oh, yeah. I told Rachel to hit you up on Instagram. Yeah. And then that's how she uh, she got in contact with you to start the podcast. But, um, yeah, what do you think? Like, when you first got contacted? Uh, I honestly thought it was a scam. A scam? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, because when people DM me, I look at their profile first before I even respond. Mm-hmm. And I saw that she was like a fitness person. I was like... She's asking about a podcast. What's the podcast about? Is it about weight loss? I'm kind of scared. And then um, she sent the link to your YouTube channel. Mm. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. It's totally different. Uh, And I watched a couple of videos and I was like, okay, yeah, this seems cool. So after I knew it wasn't a scam, then I was like, yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. Oh, speaking of scams, (laughs) didn't you get the, the Memphis Voyager yeah. Did you think that was a scam? I did. I, think, I got the email and I was like, I don't think I'm going to respond. Yeah. I think everybody who got that thought that was a scam because I talked to um, Crisis J. Uh-huh. He's a rapper in the area. And then um, my good friend Ryan, he's my business partner. Um, we It was like, we all thought, it was like, where, what is this? is random. Like, yeah. Why is some random <laughs> news or um, article company reaching out to us to do some articles on us? But I was like, all right. But. It, it seemed legit. I started Google searching, you know, uh, yeah. the Voyager, and I was like, "Oh, okay, they they do it in different cities, so it makes sense." But um, what what did you focus on? Like, did you talk? Do you th- you felt like you got out your your story as much as possible? Uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes and no. It, it was just little basic questions and yeah. stuff like that. So I didn't feel like it went too in depth. It was kind of like a snapshot. Mm of who I was in my company. And so, yeah, I just, but I, I appreciated the the look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my first time ever being published or interviewed for anything. But yeah, it, it I got as much as I, I guess I thought they wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kept it, kept it pretty basic and yeah. stuff like that. But it, I did get a lot of clicks and people responding and nice. hitting me up since then. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's it's a really cool thing, right? Because yeah. not, not a lot of people get articles written about them and yeah. uh, get to tell their story of like how they got to where they are. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I think something like that should be more consistent because they probably did like a barrage of like people at all at one time and then it's it's probably just going to go away you know they're probably not going (laughs) to constantly be doing that but if it does that would be awesome like i hope they i hope they keep doing that yeah me Um, too so when you um i guess like when you are just telling people about all the stuff you do and we'll, we'll get into everything what's what's your number one like what's your what's your big thing I am a photographer first, creative, um, and then I am a reptile handler. Okay. Or a herp, as we like to call herpetologist. That's (laughs) the scientific term. But people who are like in the community, we just say we herp or Mm. we're into reptiles. We're just fanatics and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, um, I've got a weird thing about snakes. I can't stand snakes. Like <laughs> just seeing snakes bothers me. A lot but, of people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no other reptile does that to me. Like alligators yeah. or frogs, uh, anything like that. Um, 
It, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, so. a lot of people are the same way. If they see a frog, they're not going to freak out. Or if they see a lizard in the yard or yeah. whatever, or Chameleon. on the building, it doesn't bother them. But the minute a snake is, <laughs> everybody run for the hills. <laughs> Have you had enough interactions with people to, I guess, get your own theory of why why that is? You think it's like movies or something like TV shows of deadly snakes and stuff Honestly, like that? I think it's just, I think it's religion mainly, hmm. um, but I also the Western religion. I yeah, won't yeah. say that because there are other religions and cultures that actually worship snakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, they welcome them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also I just think a lot of just misinformation. Like the biggest inf- the biggest misconception is that people think that snakes chase people and they don't. Yeah. A snake will try to run away as soon as possible to get away from human beings, especially out in the wild. Yeah. Like they don't see a human as like I'm going to chase you. Like no. Now, if you get too close, they might strike towards you, mm. but once you start running, they're they're going to go about their business. They're not going to follow you at all. Yeah. Um and another misconception is that meme on Facebook that's like like the snake is sizing you up to see if it if it can fit you in them. And it's like, no, <laughs> that is a lie. Snakes, because in the wild, they don't size up their prey. Mm. They, they're very opportunistic eaters. And if the prey is too big, they'll spit it out. If it's too small, you know, they'll swallow it and then go try to find something else to fill their bellies. Like they don't have a, a ruler to say, hey, can this fit in my stomach? <laughs> you know, I never really thought about it like that because there's always that famous story of like the woman who had a snake and she goes to the doctor and asks like, why is it, you know, doing something? They, why is it not eating? Yeah. And they'll say, because it's sizing you up or something like yeah. that. And it's like, yeah, snakes, I've, I've heard that all the time, that when they eat something and they can't digest it, they just... Regurgitate yeah. it back yeah. out. And it's like, no, if if this was true, if a woman really went to her vet and said, my snake's not eating, first of all, your vet is ill-informed and don't know anything. <laughs> but second of all, the reason why your snake wasn't eating because you have it in your beds. <laughs> like, mm. you don't have it under proper heat. So when they get too cold, they're not hungry. Mm. They go into like a dormant state or, you know, because they have slow metabolisms when they're cold. So it's like if I'm in a bed with a human and not under some UVB lights or a heat pad, it's like, I don't feel like eating. I'm not motivated to eat. Like mm. I'm too cold. <laughs> kind of like the wintertime with humans. Like I, we're not motivated to go outside when it's too cold. <laughs> like the snake is the same way. Yeah, that is that is definitely correct. Yeah. I, I think... I think people, we we like to definitely think the same, like group think. Mm-hmm. So I would say the majority of people uh, are not snake lovers. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. for when these uh, misconceptions arise, like we all want to just yeah, it, yeah, we just cling to it. Like we want to, we all want to believe what those misconceptions are. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe maybe something like, uh, what's his name, like Steve Irwin, mm-hmm. you know, when he was dealing with different types of animals and showing people like, look, this is what this thing actually does. Like people like that, yeah, I think are great for humanity. Yeah. Because they're showing like real life stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they would say, uh, God, what's that other dude? Um, 
that guy that would like go out in the wild and it was like he was trying to live out in the wild and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of his name, but they said that that dude would be like staying at five star hotels <laughs> and then like shoot the show and then go back to his hotel. Yeah. He would not be staying out there. No, nah, like, yeah, Lord. it's it's a lot of sensationalizing fakeness. But I believe Steve, he he was for real out yeah. there. He was bad. Yeah, he was about it. He <laughs> he didn't mind getting bit. Yeah, that was so crazy. Like, yeah. People are like, ah, they got me. I'm like, Steve, no, <laughs> you're about to die. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Like, yeah, and have you seen like his son and their, I well, their love whole family? The Irwin family. Yeah. I follow them all on social media. My okay. goal is to one day to go to Australia and meet them. Like, really? go to their zoo, and it's just I love them. And his and his son is an amazing photographer. He's like mm. one of my inspiration when it comes to wildlife photography, which is what I'm. Um, shifting my focus on because when I first started off shooting, I was um, doing mostly portraits and, you know, family members call and book me for like birthday parties and stuff like that. But honestly, um, humans bore me. (laughs) No offense to anybody I've ever worked with. That that makes sense. I love you all, the model friends and Memphis, but humans bore me Mm -hmm. and I'd rather shoot animals. Mm. And so I, um, his son, Robert, is a big inspiration. He's one of the best wildlife photographers ever, (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. So um, when you get into wildlife photography, what is that... What's that like trying to like attack uh, a certain animal? You're like, all right, if I'm going to go shoot, let's say, I don't know, like you want to find like a bobcat or something <laughs> like that. Like, are you just searching areas that are highly populated with bobcats and like how you can get a good distance? Like, how, how would you? Yeah, it takes a lot of planning, a lot of travel because, you know, I live in a city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing Memphis has to offer as far as wildlife is the birds in the countryside are going to Shelby Farms and maybe you'll catch a deer. Like mm-hmm. last year, I caught a deer just random. I was out there at Shelby Farms taking a photo shoot with a friend and we were walking up a trail and we was like, what's that noise? And we looked to the left and it was a deer. Mm-hmm. And so thank God I had my Zoom camera, and my Zoom lens on my camera and I just immediately just turned it on and started shooting. And it's some of my favorite pictures I've nice. ever taken. So, um, but everything else, um, I, I, I use the Memphis Zoo to my advantage as far as practicing mm-hmm. because, you know, the animals are in a confined space and I have a lot to work with. So every Saturday morning, I'm probably going to go tomorrow, um, I hit up the big cats, go to the African side, take pictures of the giraffes just to get my practice on. Mm-hmm. But I also like to travel. Like last year, for the first time, we went to this um, brand new safari zoo. It's called Southland Safaris. They had um, sloths there. They had kangaroos, like acres of kangaroos. Oh, wow. I, I don't know how they got all these kangaroos, but it, it it was amazing. I was able to take a lot of dope pictures there. Um, and so my goal is to travel and probably go out to the mountains of Gallenberg and see if I can catch some bears or yeah. something. But I, I do, I do want to get like in in the real wildlife and catch them in their natural habitats. I just use the zoos for practice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I went to um, me and Rachel. We went to Gatlinburg. Shoot, when was that? I think it was in like November. And when we were there. Um, there was there was a few black bears out like yeah. when you just you drive that little trail or whatever and there were some black bears out um, 
and I hear they're they're pretty much everywhere. You just gotta yeah. you know, be in the right spot, right time. But yeah, because um, I remember our church when I was a child took a trip out to Gatlinburg to go to Dollywood and. We were, we went to go throw trash into the trash can um because we had like a big pizza night and me and my friends went to open a trash can and a bear head popped out and we just took off running. Oh my god! And we were so young and I did not have a camera then, but had I, I probably would have risked it to take a picture. <laughs> we was like, it's a bear. Oh my And then god. the um the owners of the little cabin resort was like, yeah, we get those sometimes. <laughs> they just in the trash can. I mean, what are you gonna do? Like, you yeah. can't you can't stop the bears from Mm-mm. coming around unless you got somebody like constantly guarding your trash cans or yeah. something like that. Bears, they're they're pretty cool creatures, and I would say they're borderline aliens. Like the the way that they can smell and yeah. how fast they are and how big they are, they're pretty creepy creatures. <laughs> like if you had. <laughs> I don't even know why nobody ever does this. I guess because bears can be kind of cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's very deceptive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're intimidating, but they're also pretty cute at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't see – I can't think of any scary movies with, with bears are the, the central of Not the movie. Not many. It's, yeah, it's a few probably B movies out there. Yeah. I remember seeing one called Grizzly. Probably was shot back in the seventies, yeah, yeah. but it's not like they do with the snakes and the shark movies. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and their their claws, even as babies, oh like my God. will rip your face off. They could just be playing with you <laughs> and half your face is gone. <laughs> oh my so God. yeah, they could be pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but they're so like you know they they do everything to the max with as I said like with their smell. I hear like. A bear can smell from like miles away, and yeah. then how fast they run, and and how strong they are. It's like, and they can climb. So if you're trying yeah. to outrun them and you jump in up a fence or a tree, they're gonna catch you. Bad news, <laughs> right behind. Like, they make perfect scary movie creatures. Like they can yeah. do anything. If if they could talk, we'd be in trouble. Like, <laughs> or, or fly. Yeah, I say we're really fortunate that like certain. Certain creatures aren't different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. imagine if spiders were the size of elephants or I, something. You know what I mean? Like, I would die. That's the only. <laughs> that's the only animal I fear. Yeah. And I've and I found I got some friends who got me to at least hold a tarantula. Yeah. But beyond that, no uh, <laughs> spiders. No. <laughs> and it's and it's crazy because you know if you really think about it, some of the biggest creatures on the planet or some of the nicest ones like elephants yes. i mean i guess like a wild elephant you don't go walking up to a wild <laughs> but like ones that have been in like a zoo or something like that yeah. that have been well taken care of and been around people and the rhinos and yeah. stuff yeah they're for the most part they're pretty chill yeah yeah um except for their common enemies like the lions and yeah. the <laughs> gators and or the crocs in Africa but yeah. uh uh-huh. but other than that they yeah they don't bother anybody but I think it's because of the big size like they yeah. know nobody can take them yeah even <laughs> like like whales yeah like super nice creatures uh-huh but why you know why wouldn't you be yeah. because ain't nothing attacking you unless you got like a, a herd of sharks or something like that so i mean and even then like sharks like the great white Everybody loves Jaws, but yeah. it's like I've seen so many videos where people going scuba diving and the sharks don't bother them. Mm. 
They might go look to see, hey, what's that person? Is that a dolphin or is, you know, yeah. but then they'll just go on about their business. Yeah. Um, it's the dolphins you got to worry about. <laughs> Those are the bullies of the ocean. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because, like, you know, when we think of dolphins, we think of these cute creatures, but I've heard they like rape other dolphins like all the time and kill other, other sea creatures just for the fun of it, just because they're bored. That's so <laughs> Not weird. even for defense. <laughs> yeah. And, and we think, of dolphins as you know these cute you know sea animals but it's like they can be pretty wild and studies show that they got the intelligence of the humans like they have the oh. intelligence like they're Damn. very smart how they communicate with each other it's it's amazing but yeah if i'm in the ocean i'm more afraid of dolphins than i am of sharks <laughs> so what's your like i guess favorite animal that's hard. <laughs> I will say snakes now. Okay. Um, for the past couple of years, snakes have won my heart. Um, before that, it was the wolf. Hmm. Growing up as a child, I was obsessed with wolves. I, I wanted, I, I thought that if I could get like a half wolf, half husky and name it Balto, that would be my dream animal. <laughs> of course, that's illegal. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. that's, as a child, that's all I wanted. Um, wolves and also um, falcons. Okay. As, it's like my favorite bird um, so why the of wolf? all time. Because I just, I love dogs mm. and wolves are like, the king, the gods of dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just, even as a child, just fascinated. Every time I saw him on TV, saw him in the movies, I just, you know, I just thought that was just a big dog, <laughs> a big wild dog that howled at the moon. It's just, it, I just loved him. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't realize, but like all dogs came from wolves. Mm -hmm. It's just how we decided to breed them. Selective um, breeding. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, if you want a nicer dog then just get you a nicer wolf and just mm -hmm. keep keep that and then if you want a bigger one then just keep it with the big ones and then that's how we got all the the dogs that we have today yeah but some dogs probably shouldn't have made it through <laughs> um i'm not a huge fan of like super small dogs I, and I a lot know. of them are not then they should not have been around. Yeah. Yes, it's convenient to have a small dog. Like yeah. I used to have a Pomeranian, but those are little devils. Yeah. And they just yap. Yeah. Like, there's no barking. There's a yapping. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, so why the falcon? I just thought it was a beautiful bird. Hmm. And I grew up, um, my mom when she had me, her and my dad had got divorced or whatever. So she had to move back with um, her parents. And so my granddad has all this farmland. He had goats, pigs, rabbits, everything. And it was like, I just always see these little weird birds running around, flying around. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And my dad would say, well, my granddad would say, well, you know, that's a hawk, that's a falcon, that's this, that, that. And for for me, the falcon was the prettiest bird in the world. Nice, yeah, they're yeah. they're pretty, um, like just interesting birds in general. Mm -hmm. Are they the fastest? There is a there is the fastest bird. It's the para the para paraquin falcon. Paraquin falcon. Um, okay. and when they die for their prey, it's like they said it's the equivalent of getting hit with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> God. If it dives down and you just happen to be in its way and it pops you, it's over. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they said that's the fastest bird in the world. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those like, I was watching something and it was talking about like the fastest animals on the planet. Yeah, and I think one of the the falcon was up there, and mm -hmm. then there was like some beetle 
and it was like the <laughs> beetle, if it was the size of a person, I think they said it would go like 300 miles per hour. Oh, my gosh. And they said it runs so fast. That we could barely see it. Yeah. Like, well, well it's, it says that it runs so fast that it can barely see. Like, it goes blind. <laughs> and I was like, dear God. Oh, wow. Imagine running that fast that, yeah. you, that you go blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you can't see. Oh my gosh, yeah. I've, I've never heard of that, but yeah. I can believe it. Yeah, animals are very, very interesting creatures, and yeah. I don't think we as people do enough research on them uh, for for what we could get out of them. Like yeah. you know, we share a planet with them. So first off, uh, I I would say we should definitely do our part in making sure that we don't screw up the planet for them because yeah. I, I, I know they don't think like we do and like, oh, we should build a house and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like they're we can enjoy, you know, their company. And it's it's something that I feel um I guess it's like our responsibility mm-hmm. to just do our part and 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 keep their habitats and, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Every, every time I see uh, videos of lions and and tigers uh, in in an area where it's like you don't have to do that like, <laughs> like, like a lion that's in the Sahara when there's like no water yeah. and, and no grass or a tiger that's like running through snow in Russia I'm like dude yeah. <laughs> there are better places in life than that area so it, it it's unfortunate we can't just like throw a bunch of grass in like the the desert land where like a, a lion is and just like build ponds like we can like they've done we that could, yeah but it's something that is difficult and i don't think we we aren't putting enough resources toward that it, yeah. and it could be definitely be done but like at at the rate that we are applying our resources to that it it's just not going to happen. No, no. Unfortunately, yeah. the, we, we fucked this planet yeah. up royally. For sure. Um, but I I do say that some of us are trying our best as far as like certain zoos and certain um, activists and things like that. Um, not PETA. <laughs> but um, there are some people who are actively trying their best to save what we can. Um, I know in almost every country, the natives are fighting for land and not just for themselves, but for wildlife. Um, people like I, I want to travel to one of my bucket list places is Costa Rica. Okay. Um, and also further down south, and their native people are trying to fight to keep the rain, the 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 very little rainforest they still have left because, unfortunately, the tourism is. All time high. People love the beaches and everything else. So they're cutting down trees and things and trying to build more hotels and more Airbnbs and lofts and stuff like that. And they're like, y'all, we don't have that much rainforest left and we need it. (laughs) The trees, the oxygen, everything. And if y'all wipe it all out just to build a Hilton, you know, it's gonna. What's the point of going to Costa Rica if the if the jungle isn't there? Yeah, I don't want to go to Costa Rica to look like Miami. I yeah. don't <laughs> like. I want it to look like the jungle. Yeah, I want to see the snakes that I own. I want to see their wild relatives out in the wild doing their thing, eating eating birds and stuff like they're supposed to, instead of just 
you know, unfortunately for the ones at the zoo, they're stuck with just rats and rabbits. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we we gotta protect what we what we have left because right now we we're we're just dwindling away for real estate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen tons of videos of like National Geographic's where they're um, narrating, talking about how the rainforests are like dwindling and all this stuff. I'm just like, gosh, let's, <laughs> let's think about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's where a lot of resources are coming from. So let's not screw this up. I yeah. Mean, all the oxygen, as you were saying, like that's these plants and trees is so important. Yeah. And like, yeah, I get it. We want to have all these nice things in life, but we've got to find like some sort of compromise between, okay, cool stuff, yes, but also uh, seeing, you know, certain animals in their natural habitat, that's also cool. Yeah. And having a, like a fake real habitat, like zoos and whatnot, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be like a goal, you know what I mean? Like we yeah. shouldn't be like, oh, we could take this rainforest in Brazil and make it a really nice zoo. It's like, no, no, just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> just leave it like it is because yeah. it, it was here before we were here, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I don't know. I I think I think zoos are cool up to an extent until really until I see certain animals looking real sad and I'm just like, yeah. why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I supporting this? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, um, they have their place. I, I've traveled all over and everywhere our family travels or if I travel solo, I always go and check out different zoos and sanctuaries and stuff like that. And there are some where I come out inspired, like, wow, they're really doing a great thing for the animals. <laughs> then there are other times where I'm like, I really want to go free that lion right now, <laughs> but I don't want him to end up on the interstate. <laughs> Have you seen that video of that dude where um, he's talking to that cat that's in the store? He's like, I'm going to get you out of there. You don't belong in there. That's how I feel. Like looking at some animals. I'm like, I'm going to get you out of there. I'm going to get you out of there. I don't know how I'm going to do it. You don't belong in there. Because, I mean, especially like the monkeys, right? Like monkeys are so agile and like. They can do such great things, and we've seen them use tools, and it's yeah. like, don't captivate that thing, because that thing, you're we're stunting its evolution right now. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, ever since Tiger King, you know, everybody's been like, free all the big cats. Let's shut all these zoos down, which rightfully so, because those places were a hot mess. Yeah. Um, and people are, ta- you know, going against SeaWorld with the big whales and stuff like that. But I feel like monkeys are the most abused mm. out of every animal. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a highly qualified, qualified zoo or the low end or a private zoo or just any tourist attraction. Even if you go to their natural, if you go to Africa right now, there are certain places, as soon as you get off the plane, you'll see a guy on the road with a monkey with a leash and he's like playing little drums or stuff. It's like, y'all, like the monkeys, yes, they, they're intelligent and they're just like us. Like they're, they're us, but it's like... Why, why is the monkey with a vest on and a collar playing the drums as soon yeah. as you get off the airport in Africa? Like, no, let it be in the trees. Let it let it do its thing. And, you know, we can study them. We can, you know, learn from them. We can record them and record their behaviors and stuff. But forcing them to perform mm. is 
I just feel like they get the most abuse. (laughs) And I feel sad. And it's exactly what you said, that forcing them to perform and like forcing them to be our entertainment. Like that's, that's something that we as people think that, you know, we're we're top of the food chain, mm-hmm. so everything else is either food or entertainment. Yeah, and you know it's kind of nice being top of the food chain and be able to make that decision. But at the same time, you know, with great power comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it's our responsibility to make sure that we aren't abusing the animals that we have and that we'll keep them. Like I think, gosh, what is it? It's like certain tigers are going extinct. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something else that's going extinct that's like odd. I don't know if it's like wolverines or something. Something like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's going extinct. It's like I, I never thought that that thing would go extinct. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's in critical danger. Yeah, because yeah, you know, there's I, f- I think there's something like above endangered. It's like something then endangered then extinct, and it's like yeah. I never really thought that like certain animals would we'll make their list. Yeah, yeah, would just be on that list because of how we could treat them. You know what I mean? Like we're smart enough to not destroy habitats and stuff like that, but yet we still do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not some like huge animal rights person, but at the same time, it's just common sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Like let's try to preserve the planet the way it is instead of just, you know, doing whatever we want to and then be, and realizing later, you know, a hundred years from now or yeah. or two hundred years from now and being like, oh, we shouldn't have did that. It's like <laughs> <laughs> we should not we should not have wiped those particular animals out. Yeah, yeah. Because everything everything has its place. Mm-hmm. Every animal has its place. Every plant has its place. Every human has its place. And it's like like a couple of years ago, the whole world was freaking out about the bees mm. because the bees were yeah yeah I heard they were that. almost extinct. And luckily, you know, we have a bunch of people who are saving them, and I think their numbers are back up. But a couple of years ago, we were freaking out like if the bees die, we are all royally screwed because yeah. they keep the pollination and everything going, and it's they do so much for us that we don't that we take for granted. Um, and it's just. It, it's crazy that I don't know. It's it's. I know. I know. It's all just selfishness and money and greed that's behind it. Because even big animal rights activists or corporations don't really love the animals. Yeah, yeah. They just, you know, they just don't want you to have an animal. Like PETA is big on, we don't want nobody to have cats and dogs. Yeah. We don't want nobody to have fishes. We don't want you to have anything. We So let's let's fight, take them out your hand, and then go kill them off. Yeah. And it's like, so you're going to wipe out the animals that you're claiming that you're fighting for? And it's it's crazy. It's But it, all they want is that money, that corporate money, that government money. They're all in bed together, and it's like... What can we do to look good while at the same time doing all the dirty deeds that we're doing behind the scenes? Yeah, corporate companies like that, it bothers me so much because it's all about, you know, the image. You know, Mm -hmm. what what can we portray to people to make them think, you know, we're on their side or something like that. So those those are really annoying. But again, going back to like people like Steve Irwin and stuff like that, those people are the type of people that we need 
like in the forefront to lead uh, the type of actions and stuff like that to make sure that, you know, animals are preserved the way that mm-hmm. they should be. And they tried to villainize him so much when yeah. he was alive and when he died, like... Like, just because he's on TV doesn't mean he was no Joe Exotic. (laughs) He wasn't Carol Baskin. Like, he was really fighting for the animals. And up until his death, like, he was actually doing the work. He wasn't taping the show and then going off to a hotel. Like, he was, like, he died doing what he loved. They were out there, you know, trying to help the animal, the stingrays and stuff like that. Like, he's actually going out there trying to help them trying to help the scientists study them, track them, um, keep numbers and stuff on them. And, you know, he just died doing what he loved. Yeah. Helping animals, saving animals. But people tried to villainize him because he was on TV. He was a well-known name. He was popular. But he he saved more animals than any of these corporations ever tried. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And also, like, he's saving animals by educating people. Yes. Like, the education that you get from somebody who's actually doing it, like somebody mm-hmm. who's actually in the field, is irreplaceable because you're not going to get – I mean, think about when we're in, like, middle school and high school. Like, they're not teaching us about no. animal welfare and stuff like that. Like, one thing that I've learned a lot from Rachel is, like, um, animal health. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been looking up so much into, like, dog health and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she feeds – we have a dog, and she feeds it raw diet. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out that that's really the thing that you it's should be beneficial, feeding. more beneficial, yeah. Yeah, because, like, she feeds our dog, like, raw chicken, raw beef, and liver and gizzards, stuff like that. Because yeah. it's something that, uh, like, a wolf would go eat. Yeah. It's something that a a – primal animal would go get there you're not going to see a wolf in the wild eating um kibble you Mm -mm. know like dog food yeah (laughs) it's not a thing yeah they're all carnivores so it's like even even dogs even cats like that's why if you let your your cat out in the street they're gonna kill some birds or some rats like they they like to chase and they like the meat that's just but we just we bred them and trained them to accept the kibble. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just substitute meat. It's vegan meat yeah, <laughs> for them. Yeah, yeah. But in reality, they need their real nutrients and stuff like that. But but I get it because, you know, some people can't afford to feed their dogs raw meat and stuff. So I get both sides of the yeah, argument. Yeah. But, yeah, our animals, our pets would benefit a lot if we did incorporate some of that. Yeah. Like giving them, like, at least you know, beef every once in a while or the actual chicken. Like my dad would love, always give my dog the chicken bones or the steak bones, but Mm. sometimes he would actually leave the meat on there so Mm. she can actually enjoy it (laughs) instead of just giving her the bone, the bare bones. And I didn't know this until uh, Rachel was telling me about it, but like dogs are supposed to eat uncooked, uh, like everything. Yeah, uncooked, yeah. Because the, the cooked bones and stuff like that will they'll like get brittle and splinter mm. and that could like with the dog eats it it could like cut up the their lining that of their makes a lot of sense. and stuff yeah. like that so growing up that's what we fed our dogs yeah, it was like, like all like the here. scraps yeah we fed them <laughs> every all fourth the... of july it was like christmas for them <laughs> yes that and thanksgiving right yes dear god I, like thinking about that now i'm like how did our but i mean i had so i had i had an alaskan husky mm-hmm. and he was 
I want to say maybe like 10 years old when he died. And I'm not even sure what happened. To, oh, he, I think he had heartworms, mm. and which could have been from what we were feeding him. I don't know. Um, and then also had a part chow, part lab. And he had a massive tumor like on his back. Oh, wow. And um, just thinking about like we always fed them like just dog, like wet food and then mm-hmm. also the dry dog food. And then we also would like give them whatever food we were eating and yeah. just like the scraps or whatever. So just thinking about that now, I'm like, oh, that's probably why I had <laughs> health issues or whatever. Like it wasn't, you know, just random health issues. It yeah. was probably, you know, whatever we were feeding them. And, you know, humans are the same way. Like somebody would complain about why, you know, they're in bad health. And it's like, well, you're eating bad food all the time. Or eating McDonald's, yeah. <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah, Chick-fil-A. It's, it's, <laughs> it's your fuel. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's why wolves are so, you know, can have all the stamina in the world mm-hmm. and can take down an animal in an empty stomach is because yeah. they are just constantly eating the right food. I guess they eat berries and stuff like that as well as with the um, – probably some plants or whatever and, and eating, you know, majority like an elk, if they go as a pack, you know, track down yeah. like a big animal. So they're eating the right stuff to yeah. be able to do what they need to do. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something to think about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I do think that, you know, we as people need to enjoy our lives. Like me, I will tell people first off, uh, yeah, I might look fit and all that, but, <laughs> Donuts. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I love donuts. And I like, I love like donuts, ice cream, and really like pastries in general. Mm-hmm. I love pastries, ice cream, and brownies. Like, the, oh, and cookies. Like those, those like are my main like yeah. desserts that I love to eat. But I don't do it all the time. Like I just do it, I'll do it when I feel like I'm like, oh, like, I'm going to go get some – I'll go to Freddy's and get some custard. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, did you ever go to um, Sheridan's? Yes. Oh, oh my, my gosh. That was a sin. <laughs> I, I would wait for payday just to go and have the wedding cake. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. When that place shut down, my heart broke. Oh, my god! I was like, I can't wait to payday. I'm going to Sheridan's. My life <laughs> Those custards were. Woo. Oh, my God. Yeah, that wedding cake. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I kept getting – Cheesecake, everything. Like I would get oh, like yeah. a, I would get strawberries and cheesecake, or uh-huh. I would get um, Reese's and cheesecake. Like I would just always mix something with cheesecake. Uh-huh. And then one day I was like, wedding cake. I'll, I'll try it. Whatever. I was like, oh my god. It's, it's something about <laughs> wedding cake. Anything. Like, have you ever had Gigi's cupcakes? Back when so. they were a big thing. I don't think they're still open anymore. Oh, but okay. it was it was this big chain. Well, not chain, but they had a couple of stores in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when they first opened, lines out the door. And I decided finally one day I drove by and it wasn't a line. I said, let me run in there. And their wedding cupcake was a sin. I know it was all sugar frosting, yeah. but oh my God. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> I, just saying wedding cupcake <laughs> from Gigi's, the taste is coming back to me. Oh, man. <laughs> like, man, RIP Gigi. I don't know if they're still open. <laughs> Yeah, I remember one time me and Rachel, I think one of us was on Facebook and we were like, Did Sheridan shut down? Oh and my we, gosh. We it was like such a sad day. <laughs> going through our phones, like trying to scroll through, like figure out what happened. And I was like, Oh my God, what do we do? <laughs> like, 
I think the first thing we did was just for like 30 minutes straight, try to find out if this was true or not. And it was just so upsetting. But then I was like. Driving downstage and seeing that one turn to a tops pissed me <laughs> off. I was like, no, no, that is Sharon. <laughs> You just go up to the place and start trashing. Uh, They're not Sharon's. Exactly. Take your barbecue elsewhere. <laughs> I had heard they got bought out by uh, Dixie Queen, though. That was the first That was the first story I heard. Wow. So I, I haven't thought, heard that, but I could believe it. So <laughs> Taking out the competition. Is, is Dixie Queen just a, um, is it just a, like a local Memphis thing? I think so. Okay. I, I believe so. I've only seen Dixie Queen here. Yeah, yeah, that's the first so time I, I ever saw yeah, it. Yeah, I've all, growing up as a child, I always thought, "Hey, that's the Black Dairy Queen." <laughs> like that—that's just what I thought. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Let's go to the Black Dairy Queen, <laughs> get some wings, get get um, a shake, and call it day." <laughs> oh man! So yeah, I I heard that it got bought out by Dixie Queen. So I was like, "Hmm, is Dixie Queen going to just?" take the recipes and start making their custard or is, are they going to just going to put a Dixie queen where Sheridan's was? But I was like, probably wouldn't be smart. That's, yeah. it, Sheridan's was actually in a terrible location. Yeah. It was, it was, <laughs> abs- it was an absolutely horrible location, but they had a ton of business. Like mm-hmm. every time we would go, there was at least, I would say at least three cars there, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like much, but still that's, that's business. Every time yeah, you go. Every time. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Like I, I would love for somebody to just, to just to, bring it back yeah, to us. <laughs> like replicate that. Take take one for the team and uh-huh. throw copyrights out the book, trademark, <laughs> redo shit. Because <laughs> that place was phenomenal. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I had a friend that actually came down from Dallas. Um, and he, I was like, oh, let me take him to Sheridan. So I was like, have you ever had custard? And he was like, no. So I was like, we're going to Sheridan. <laughs> so we go. And um, – he he ordered something. I got something, and I don't know why, but we accidentally started eating each other's. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I looked at it, and I guess I didn't even realize it wasn't. It what wasn't I, even what you yeah. ordered. So I'm eating, and I'm like, "All right, this is great." Like always, and he was like, "Man, this is good." And he's it wasn't even the one he asked for. And then I was like, "Dude, I have yours, and you have mine." He was like, oh, man, you have to keep that one. This is good. <laughs> he was like, I don't even want that no more. I was like, dude. But, yeah, like, no matter what, this train. <laughs> like, when I, when we first got this spot, I was like, all right, that train's going to suck. But I was like, surely, if I'm doing a podcast, you know, my podcast lasts for usually like an hour, two hours. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, surely out of the 24 hours in a day, it's not going to It's not going to happen. <laughs> I did a podcast earlier today. Hap- the train came by. Doing a podcast now, train comes by. <laughs> I'm like, dear God, how did much does this thing come by? No but um, yeah, I, I really hope somebody does something similar. Like Freddie's. This is a okay it's substitute. It's okay, but it, it, it it's, yeah. It's not shared. The flavor is no, it's not there. It's not as rich. Yeah. If I don't feel like I'm drinking diabetes, it ain't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever um have you ever had Culver's? Yes. Yes, I have. Culver's um, is really good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I believe the one I went to uh, was in my sister went to Murray State. 
Hmm. In Kentucky, yeah, yeah, and they had one up there. Oh, okay. and she took us up there one time. We went to go visit. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Their, uh, but their whole, you know, their whole line of food is really good too. Mm-hmm. I would say they're like the upgrade of Dairy Queen. Yes, like their burgers are great. I would, their, I would say their that. Fries, <laughs> their custard, everything's better. So, um, I, I think that this area does okay with food as far as like your selection of. Uh, non mom and pop like franchise restaurants mm-hmm. but i definitely think it could be better like it could do better i think the only ones who stand the test of time at least for right now are the coffee shops mm. they're the i think it's come to Memphis. They're the only ones who have not shut down on me yet knock on wood yeah, yeah. <laughs> um everything else real big and then fall by the wayside eventually like as soon as Freddy's open, I was like, okay, that seemed that seemed neat, that seemed cool, but I'll give it 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's got to that point that whenever something new and hip is like, I'll give it a I'll give it five. I, I start making bets, me and my sisters, like, how long you think this gonna last? Because yeah. <laughs> it's real big at first and everybody in Memphis go towards it, but um after that. No go. Jerry Snow Cone's lasting a long time. See, <laughs> yeah, they're lasting pretty good. Okay, so with Jerry's, I, I think, I think I got the wrong thing the first time I went. Mm. So I got, I ended up getting, uh, shoot, what did I get? I don't know if it was like birthday cake or or something. I forgot mm-hmm. what it was. It wasn't good. Yeah, I didn't believe the hype in Jerry Snow Cones. I was like, I don't know what this is. But I think I got it was either a milkshake or ice cream. I don't know yeah. what it was. It wasn't a snow cone. So, I might have messed up, but it was one of those. And the same thing happened to me. (laughs) Do you know who Michael Butler Jr. is? No. So, he's a photographer. I'll have to show you some of his stuff. Okay. I'll send you his Instagram. But I actually had him on the podcast. That's how I met him. But um, he he posted uh, something about Cordova's Dixie Queen Uh and was talking about how trash it is. And I was like, okay. That was the first ever Dixie Queen I went to, and it wasn't that great. Uh-huh. So now I understand. Yeah. Because he was talking about some. And then I had another guy on, uh, Dominic, and he was talking about how great Dixie Queen was. And I was like, okay, I got to go check out Dixie Queen. But the first one I went to was a Cordova one. Oh, yeah. And Michael you Butler go Jr. To the hood. Yeah. yeah. Michael <laughs> Butler Jr. posted on Facebook about how trash it is, and it had like, Hundreds of likes and comments and mm-hmm. shares and all this stuff. He was like, "Man, I didn't know there's a blow up like that." But <laughs> he was talking about how the menu didn't look right. Like it, it's got to be more hood and all this stuff. Greasy. If your bag is not <laughs> if your bag is not soaking in oil, like, and I've never been to the one in Cordova where the bag was soaked in oil. Like, no, it's very it's very colonized to say the least. <laughs> So whenever I have a taste for Disney Dixie Queen, I always go to the one um, in Fraser or okay. the one um, Mount Mariah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I, I got to go where <laughs> where I feel the soul, the grease, and everything yeah. else. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I was like, yeah, this isn't that great. And then yeah. when he talked about how it was, it's nothing's right about it. Nothing's I was like, oh, right. Okay. No, I've even had some of their wings, and it didn't taste right to me. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge food person. Um, I love I love going places that just have different stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it, the price I throw it out the window if I feel like I'm getting a good value for it. Yeah. Um, 
one place that the price is kind of up there, but I'll go there every once in a while. I've been there one time and it was it was it was a few months back, but definitely worth it. It was uh, Brother Juniper's. You ever been there? Mm-mm. Brother Juniper's. Uh, they serve breakfast food, and it is probably one of the best breakfasts I've ever had. Um, them and biscuits and jams that I just had her on the podcast. Um, those are probably the best breakfasts I've ever had oh, in, wow. in this area, and definitely worth it. So yeah, I'm gonna have to yeah go. look them up. Yeah, um, but yeah, just this area. The, the diversity, I think, could definitely be better because of the people are diverse. Mm-hmm. And if, like, I think I've seen, I think I, there's an Ethiopian place around here. Um, and I thought, I was like, okay, that's different. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a few, like, Indian restaurants around here. Uh-huh. And a few other things that I thought were pretty different. But I love that. Like, I love seeing different choices yeah yeah me too uh, i'm a big foodie so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like i like um trying things new i'll try anything at least mm. one time except for no offense but you know the more uh indian food because i just don't do spices oh. i don't like anything spicy um okay. so if for all those people who know indian food if if there's a restaurant they got a good meal that don't have any spice in it i will try it <laughs> but it other than that, I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, my, my my tongue, my taste buds, it just does not do spice at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I'm I'm a huge fan of um, of trying things, but I still don't think my taste buds are really that diverse mm-hmm. because I am completely fine with, like, when I'm trying to eat healthy, like, I'm completely, completely fine with eating, like, chicken with salt and pepper, and then, like, a, I'll just throw a sweet potato in the oven, yeah. and then I'm done. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll eat that all day. But um, I, I'll try pretty much anything, um, I mean, other than, like, some really weird stuff. But <laughs> traditional, I guess, like, people are like, oh, this is a traditional dish. And I'm yeah. like, all right, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll try yeah. that. Like, a, a country's, like, famous dishes or stuff like that. But... I don't know. Like, I'll try certain stuff if I go to like a maybe like a Chinese or Japanese restaurant or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I've never had that. I'll try that, but I don't always love it though. And yeah, it's I, I don't know. Maybe it's because my American palate. Like, I love pizza and burgers and yeah. stuff like that. So <laughs> maybe maybe that has affected you know how diverse my palate really you know, really likes stuff. So yeah, do yeah. you? Do you find yourself, I guess, eating, I don't know, like a, a diverse a, an, animals or are you like, how, how do you try to eat? Um, I've, I've tried pescatarian um, a couple of years back and it worked well for me. Mm-hmm. So I am working towards going back to that because I do, even though vegans get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> With their antics, but I am trying to wean off meat, especially Mm. the cows. I've been off pork, like my whole family, we've been off pork for the most part, um, pretty much for the past 10 years. Like just the smell of it would make my mom sick. Mm. Um, We just, for some (laughs) reason, pork just affected our bodies very differently Mm. to where we would get sick. And so we just, it was easy to wean off that, but chicken... And burgers, like I love a good burger, yeah, yeah. especially like um, 
Farm burger up at Crosstown. Oh, it's farm burgers. Yeah, good. I just I love a good burger. So I'm trying to wean myself off that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and go back to at least pescatarian because I'm sorry, I love my seafood. I think seafood would be the you will have to tie me to a salt trap to get me to stop eating seafood. Um, especially salmon. That's oh, yeah. that's my favorite. And it's so good ever. for you. Yeah, it gets packed. I think salmon has like like 20 grams of protein per mm-hmm. serving and um, and even like tilapia has got a good amount of uh, fats like omega-3s yeah. and salmon and, and tuna and stuff like that. I actually can't stand like like canned tuna. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Can't, no, I can't no, stand no, the no, smell no. or uh-uh. taste of it. Rachel loves it. <laughs> I'm just like, stop eating that. Like, stop bringing it home. It's, it smells awful and it tastes awful. Yeah. But she'll mix it with like like mayonnaise or hot sauce or something. That's what most people do, but or relish or something like that. But I'm just yeah. not a fan of it. But for the most part, I grew up. I grew up. We either you know eating what grandma and granddaddy made or McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I uh, I've been into everything: the burgers, the fries, the pizzas. Um, I love Mexican food. Oh, so me too. I, I, Have you that, had tacos and ganas? No. Oh my god. <laughs> no. I, I I am a shameless plug. El El Mex 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 Mexcal and El, El Porton. Okay. Um, I've person. got an El, <laughs> so. Let's see. I live over there on uh, Macon and um, in Houston Levy. Yeah. I think there's an El Porton yeah. over there. And it, yeah, it was good. It was good. I'm yeah. I, I I'm addicted to that stuff. That's going to be the hardest to wean off when I. Completely changed my lifestyle because yeah. I'm really trying to get serious back to my health and stuff. So mm. um, it's that's gonna be the hardest yeah. to not because that used to be like a treat for me. Like oh. I, for 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 the big meals like that, it was like, hey, I'm just gonna eat good until eat healthy until payday, and then payday I pig out. <laughs> um, so that's going to be the hardest to wean off, so I'm making that last. I, I start off with the fast food. Mm. I haven't eaten McDonald's or Taco Bell in I don't know how long, probably nice. five years. Nice. So <laughs> it's just it's just the Mexican food and the, and the sushi and stuff that's keeping me big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think what hurts people the most is – they, I guess, just like try to cold stop. Yeah, I tried that and it does not work. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't work because uh-uh. what you're doing is you're you're like shocking your body mm. and your brain to thinking, nope, no more of this. And yeah. it's like nobody really works out well when they do that. No. Like you, you have to wean yourself off of it. Mm-hmm. Like instead of eating out. Three times a week, just do it one time a week, and yeah. like, and pick a day, like pick yeah. a day where you know I'm going to get fast food on this day. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is you're going to forget about it. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, oh, I didn't even it, Sunday passed, and I didn't even get my ice cream that I usually get. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even need it. Exactly. And then, and, then, and then that's how you do it. You don't you don't cold stop because Mm-mm. you're gonna want it. Ten times more. Yes. 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 So I, that's why I say just just wean off of it because, and and I've done um, so I, I did an elimination diet and it's uh, it was called the carnivore diet mm-hmm. and it's where you only eat meat wow. and that was I will say I looked 
the best I've ever looked in my entire life. <laughs> it was pretty weird, and it happened so quickly. Yeah. Like, so I weighed like 225 or something like that when I first started. Uh-huh. And then in two weeks, I got down to like 204. Oh, wow. And I was like shredded. Wow. And then um, I was like, this is awesome. Uh-huh. But I'm not going to lie. The first, I want to say like the first four days mm-hmm. uh, were fine. And then after, after about the fourth day, I was like, "Okay, I'm sick." Because all I ate was like steak, uh, chicken, mm-hmm. and then I think I would eat like maybe some ground beef, or, or I would just make burger patties and um, what else? I eat bacon, sausage. Oh yeah. Uh, I think I I think I ate eggs too. But those foods sound great. But when that's all you eat with, like, I wasn't eating any condiments oh, or anything. Wow. Yeah. It got real old and real greasy real fast. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just really sick of eating this. Yeah. But, um, you know, I stayed with it for, uh, I think I said, I think I did two weeks. And then um, I think I ended up doing it for like a month. I started adding, I started adding things that had very few calories. Mm. And, um, not calories, I'm sorry, very few carbs. Carbs, So I would go with like two carbs or less. Yeah. So for all of you who don't know, mustard has like nothing in it. (laughs) So you can eat as much mustard as you want. Ketchup is a different story because it's got like carbs and sugar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I was eating, I started having mustard. Um, I think I was doing non-fat cheese Mm because I think the carbs are a lot less. Well, I think actually regular shredded cheese usually has like two grams of carbs or something like that. So I started doing that and then uh, just introducing like very few carbs in my diet. And I was still looking, you know, pretty great as well. But I was like, this is not sustainable. Like, I, <laughs> like for some people, it probably is. Like some people could probably keep that up. They're crazy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but for me, I was like, yeah, I like variety of food too much. Like I was no joke. I was craving like carrots and broccoli and hummus. Wow, I was craving it so <laughs> I've bad. I've never heard that craving carrots. Oh my god, <laughs> I, I just wanted it so bad. And you know, sometimes they say um, if you're craving something, that's probably because your body is lacking it. Yeah. So if you uh, want something salty. Maybe your body needs like some salt in it or something mm-hmm. like that. So that that might have been it. But yeah, that was that wow. was an experience. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. You should try. I, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that might turn me straight vegan for real. <laughs> I don't think no steak and chicken and stuff. And nothing else, nah. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta was, have my starches in it, yeah, it and was, my broccoli and things like that. It was pretty weird, and like a potato. Like I was yeah. just craving a potato and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't get rid of potatoes. Yeah. No. <laughs> they're yeah. the best foods. <laughs> um, you were talking about knowing Nadia. I think she. I don't know if she's vegetarian or vegan. Mm, I'm not sure. Probably, I think I get vegan from her, but I'm not sure. Yeah, she might be. But she does, like, on her page, like, she'll yeah. show, like, all the stuff, like, how she makes her food yeah. and, like, all the herbs and stuff that she does. And that's really cool. Like, yeah. she's not just a vegan that's just, like, you know, also pita, too, and all that kind of stuff. Like no. she, She's and a she, vegan because she knows it's healthy for you. Yeah. And she's trying to show you all the great ingredients and all the great things that you can do with mm-hmm. those foods. Like her food doesn't look boring. No, not at all. I love watching her stories because yeah. I'm like, 
she makes it look amazing. Because right? yeah. me and Rachel, we did vegetarian for two weeks, mm-hmm. and then we did vegan for two weeks. Yeah. Vegan was awful. <laughs> because for those of you who don't know, vegan, you don't eat any animal-type products. Yeah. So, like, milk and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if vegetarian does that. but Vegetarian does a little bit. Like, I think some people have a little dairy oh, okay. in it, just a little bit. And I I know some vegetarians, um, they just don't rest- – they're not as restrictive, mm-hmm. you know, with, like, certain starches and things yeah, like yeah. that and side items. Um, and I know some vegetarians that, you know, they'll still, like, have cheese every once in a while. Oh, okay. Um but yeah, veganism, nothing wrong with it. And I, I get it because I love animals so much, yeah. you know. Let's not take <laughs> stuff that we don't need. But at the same time, it's like there's certain foods like I I'm sorry. I'm sorry, chickens. I'm not getting I'm not gonna not eat eggs. I'll not <laughs> eat a chicken, but I'm gonna eat some eggs every once in a while. <laughs> every blue moon, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when when we as people, you know, learn more about like what like how we get our food and stuff like mm-hmm. that that's going to change you know our mindsets and and I know people who say yo oh, I saw how animals get treated and so that's why I'm vegetarian or that's why I'm yeah, vegan yeah. and that's understandable like mm-hmm. you you know you might not be making a difference uh in the large scale of things but you're making a difference somewhere yeah some somehow you are reducing the amount of you know food and you're not supporting mm-hmm. uh, whatever you know it's kind of like a it's kind of like a boycott really yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? like if if you are boycotting you know like whatever you are doing your part and yeah it might not make a huge difference but you're doing whatever you think is right so yeah, I I don't fault people at all. For Not doing at that. all. Yeah, I totally get it. Understand. The only things that annoy me is the shame that mm. they try to project on others. It's like religion, yeah, which yeah. triggers me. Anything that triggers me or reminds me of a religion, it, <laughs> you know, it 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 does something to where I just like I will do what you, I would do. I agree with your message, but I don't like how you're giving the message. Mm. You know, the messengers need to tweak their message yeah. more. Yeah. Like, I get it. I stand behind it. But it's just some of the stuff I see online and stuff is like, hey, there there are there is such thing as a privilege to being vegan or vegetarian because in certain cities, people, people aren't going to drive all the way to Carrierville to the nicest grocery store to get, you know, the vegan options. It's yeah. not... Certain vegan products is not in Fraser. It's yeah. not, you know, it's just not there. And people don't have the, if they don't have the transportation to even go to the Kroger's that's down the street from them, they have to walk or take the bus. Why would you expect them to go to Whole Foods? Yeah. Like, I, it, there, there are, I have sympathy for those who just simply can't afford that lifestyle, even if they wanted it. Mm. And also, I grew up on a farm. Like I'm, I'm so I, I get the cir- whole circle of life thing. Mm-hmm. That's one thing my granddaddy taught me. Like I would go out and help him in the goat pen and the pig pen. And he's like, if a pig had babies, he was like, hey, you can name these three. Don't get attached to the rest because he had to sell them. He yeah, had to yeah. sell them for food. That's how he made his money. That's how he was able to afford the things to take care of all of us, of our whole family. That's how he was able to buy the land and everything. So it's like, hey, these goats, you know, 
these are the ones you can have as a pet. The rest don't again. Just just know that by Thanksgiving, they'll be gone. <laughs> they will be gone. Uh, so it's like, hey, I, I get both sides. I get the circle of life. And, you know, we we are, we eat vegetables and we eat meat. That's just our diet. It's yeah. always been that way since the dawn of time. So, yeah. you know, I get, I get both sides of the arguments. Yeah, yeah. I- I definitely think that people need that farm experience because yes. it shows them like these are these animals in their natural habitat and what what they like to do on a daily basis. Like you, chickens are very simple animals. Like they're yes. not, <laughs> they're not doing anything crazy, and, and they they can be pretty cute too. Yeah, and not and not um, like if you have your own farm with a couple of chickens. Um, like I, I agree with people who say, "Hey, I don't want to support the big." factory farms. I don't want to support, you know, the animal abuse that way, but I will buy chickens and I will buy cows and I will grow my own, you know, things. And I will use the only milk I'll drink is from the cows that I own. The only eggs I'll use is from the chickens that I own. Because let's be honest, not every egg that comes out of chicken is fertile. Yeah, (laughs) It's just going to go to waste. So let's not just let it rot and go to waste. Let's use it. But, you know, so I feel like if people spent more time, even if they can't have a farm on their own, I know people who in other states, they live in a major city like Memphis or like Nashville, but they got a backyard big enough to have their own little chicken coop. Yeah. yeah. So they can have their own eggs and they have, the, and on the other side of their backyard, they have, you know, they grow their own plants like tomatoes and things like that. So it can be done, even if it's just a small miniature farm that only feeds you and your family. It doesn't have to be like this big old huge thing that we see on TV with the red barn and the tractor trailers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, when when people decide to value uh, our farmers mm-hmm. and, and what our farmers do for us as, as people, it's it's going to help our our quality of, of food and quality of life go yeah. up. Um, I love what you said about uh, being vegan is like a privilege because yeah. um, me and um, Zoe Duran, do you know who that is? Yes, I met her me at the last uh, Art Bazaar event here. <laughs> Art Bazaar, shout out to David Yancey. Yes. David Yancey has brought together so many so people. So many people. <laughs> but um, yeah, freaking Zoe was, me and her were talking about um, just like the, I guess the cultures in certain areas, like people wonder why people act a certain way or, or do certain things in certain areas is because they don't have either the education in that area. Mm -hmm. They don't have the access to food. Mm -hmm. And so what, like, what do you expect them to do? Like if, if they don't have the means to live a healthy life and do what they need to do, like, how else are they supposed to to live healthy and do healthy things? Yeah. Like, how do you act when you're hungry? You exactly. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> when you don't have the right nutrition, you know, you're probably going to, you know, cause a bunch of chaos in, in your area because you're you're hungry. You you are are eating, you know, noodles all the time, and yeah, and you don't have the access to good healthy food. So, yeah, and. I'm not going to disclose where I work, but my full-time job is within the school system. Mm. And and I've been at it for like, I want to say it's going on eight years. And when I tell <laughs> you the kids in this inner city, the youth, like a lot of them, 
even the ones who are like in the Germantown, Carrieville area, yes, their parents got them a big house, but they don't have enough money to put groceries in mm. that big house. Like, it's just like a lot of kids will come to school and the re- most of the reasons why they're acting out is because they are hungry. They did not eat dinner the night before or they did not get breakfast the day of, the morning of. And all they have is that free meal at school. Yeah. And it's like you can't shame or fault them for eating you know, the fast food restaurants when that's all they have, but that's all they can afford. Yeah. And like kids, they'll see my lunch and they'll be like, oh my gosh, what are you eating? <laughs> Where did you get that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I made it at the house. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I'll share, you know, yeah. I'll be like, hey, because I, I understand and I get it. So it's like not everybody, some kids don't, there are certain vegetables that some kids have never been exposed to. Yeah. Because the school system isn't feeding them the healthiest. Even the vegetables that they have is like from a freezer. (laughs) So it's like all they know is probably green beans, (laughs) broccoli, and that's it. Like I could tell you majority of the kids at the school I work at probably never heard of asparagus. (laughs) (laughs) Probably never seen it. Don't even know what it is. Or cauliflower. So it's like... Yeah, it's it's a lot of privilege to have a healthy lifestyle. I'm yeah. not trying to make an excuse, but that's just the reality of mm-hmm. what it is. You can't expect a homeless person to be shredded like a bodybuilder. Like, yeah. <laughs> they just don't have the means. Exactly. And I, it it bothers me so bad that school nutrition is completely just put aside. Mm-hmm. Like we we think that <laughs> and also just like students Paying attention in class. Like, yeah. oh, so you're going to feed me. All this crap. <laughs> <laughs> the worst food after I didn't eat breakfast because you know I woke up late, mm-hmm. <laughs> came to school, and I can't eat in class, so I can't eat like a granola bar or anything yeah. like that. And then I get to lunch, and then I have the crappiest food ever invented, uh, ever created in a lab somewhere. <laughs> And then yeah. you still want me to be an A plus student. Yeah, be able to focus and stuff. It's like, no, that's not, not the reality. All. No. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah. We, and that's that's another thing that should be on the top of America's list and you know, all over the country. I don't I don't know school lunches look like across the world, but that's something that we should definitely take advantage of. Is mm-hmm. feeding uh feeding kids a nutritious meal. Uh, shoot, I remember, I think I was in middle school when my school started serving breakfast. Oh, I, wow. I remember it was like, God, I think I was in middle school or something like that. Because they were like, hey, uh, if you come to school early enough, we're going to start serving breakfast. And I was mm. like, oh, my God, this is great. Breakfast. <laughs> and, and my dumb tail was thinking that they were going to have Daggum Gordon Ramsay back there cooking you up You thought you were going to get an omelet. I was like. <laughs> no, here go your Pop-Tart, your strawberry Pop-Tart. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, good on them for realizing that kids probably need breakfast at school. But at the yeah. same time, it wasn't anything better than the lunch we were already Mm-mm. getting that was trash. Not at all. And so, then, oh, don't go to a high school where they give you vending machines. Oh, man. 
That's, uh, that's usually what people think is the best food is out the village. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. My high school, man, I was looking forward to lunch because I was going to get my Fanta <laughs> and some cookies. <laughs> Forget what they cooking. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to the machine. And, that you know, that's that's the problem is mm-hmm. that's that's what we we think is better than the food that we're actually getting yeah. served, the warm meal that we're actually getting. So that that's pretty crazy. But again, that's that's on the list of things that we need to, um, I guess, as people focus on. For sure. Focus yeah. on, you know, getting those things to where we are able to live healthier lives and, and do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if we don't take care of ourselves, you know, the dolphins are going to come around and be like, oh, <laughs> Y'all the got dolphins this are going to come beat our ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when apes get to the point where they can start thinking, you know, on our level, they're going to be like, y'all are a bunch of idiots. I you think know? I think we're going to get taken out by the octopuses. You think so? They are the smartest. The, like, the, uh, a news article just recently came out that scientists are now officially saying they are sentient beings. Like, consider them, like, they're just now saying that. Like, I remember... <laughs> I remember it was either a YouTube video or some on Instagram, but it was a video at a certain aquarium where octopus kept escaping its enclosure. Escaping? He kept escaping. Oh, my God. And finally, it was a surveillance camera of him with his little tentacles undoing it. It was hilarious. He undid the thing in his tank, squeezed in a little crack and got out and was gone. They said like every day the octopus was out his tank. Oh my god! Like he was just that smart. So whenever I would watch, so when I finally that movie Finding Dory came out, and Hank the octopus when he was helping her go from one place to another, <laughs> I was like, "That's for real!" Like octopuses real are really that smart. They know how to get out. Dude, imagine if octopus can like speak to other animals, like communicate with other animals. Yeah, <laughs> like they're gonna be the ringleaders of the of the sea. They're gonna be like, no, no, no. They're like, we're gonna take this whole cruise ship down. <laughs> Hey, yo, check this out. <laughs> yeah, I got a plan. <laughs> That's going to be crazy. So yeah. are, are squid and octopus like the same? I think they're in like the same family, but, you know, still two totally different species. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, um, you know, there's just, you know, there's different, like reptiles is all one big family, mm. but there's so many different species yeah, yeah. and so many different types. So I feel like. They're they're just like cousins, oh, okay. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if squid are like you know that smart or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. But octopuses for sure have proven time and time again. I just love watching octopus videos on TikTok. Yeah, I, it, it is hilarious. <laughs> have you seen that video? It's like um, it's some guy. Is I don't know if he had a team like a, a really small team because he's in like a small pod mm. and. Um, they're showing and it's like pitch black. He's underwater. So he's uh-huh. in like this like submarine underwater. And um what happens? Oh, it's it's just pitch black, and they're like, All right, he saw they say he, he caught something on footage, and then all you see is like this thing, you know, the uh <laughs> the guy from um Hellboy that's got like the um the thing around his neck and yeah, 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 yeah. He's got the big glasses on or whatever. Yeah. So it looks basically just like, like him, that. <laughs> and it hits the the side of his pod, like the the glass part of his pod, oh, wow. and it like smacks it, 
and it's like staring inside of his pod and then it swims <laughs> away. That's all you see. Oh my God. And I was like, I hope this is fake. I really hope like, this I is really, fake. No, I feel like <clears throat> there are some, especially in the deep sea, mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't tapped in. Terrifying. There, there, there are certain <laughs> spots, yeah, there are certain spots where even submarines don't go. And I don't think we've scratched the surface of what all lives in the ocean. I think God, I think God was playing around when He made ocean <laughs> creatures. He was just bored. A little bit of that. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. that oh, there. this is what I will allow humans to see. The rest <laughs> gonna go down deeper. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so terrifying thinking what could be down there. Uh no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I refuse to learn to swim just because I know I'm not going down there. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. I, knew, I remember um, just seeing, like, certain creatures on, like, um, I, I don't know, like, Discovery Channel or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm just like, that's so crazy that that's down there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, again, going back to how lucky are we that those things aren't just Constantly interacting with us and and like attacking us or something like that, because they or not even being phased by us. They're just oh, yeah. living their life, don't even know we exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't know we exist, and we don't know they exist. <laughs> yeah. And I remember seeing. I think it was like Neil deGrasse Tyson or mm-hmm. somebody said, um, "What we spend, I think, in one year for space exploration, like through NASA, could fund ocean exploration." For like thirty years or something it. like that, yeah. and I was like, "Dear God!" But yeah. that's that's the type of experiment that we should do. Like, okay, for one year, space. Like, we're not take we're not a sh- pause. Yeah, <laughs> we're not shutting you down, but we're just gonna you know defund you for like one year. That's it, and then we're gonna fund you know oceanic exploration. Yeah, and there's no telling what we would figure out. Like, there's got to be so much stuff down there yeah. that could help. Like, there might be, like, tons of gold or, or tons of uh, iron or something that we use all the time mm-hmm. that might be down there uh, way deep into the Earth's uh, sea level. Or that, we might discover, like, fossils of dinosaurs that we never imagined. Yeah, yeah. That we never even thought possible. Like, everybody think about T-Rex and raptors and stuff, but imagine what lived in the ocean during that time. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the skeleton, the, the fossils that we will find down yeah. there. Like, that would be amazing, but yeah. scary at the same time. <laughs> we would probably think that they were aliens. We yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't think dinosaurs or anything like that. Yeah. And but I think it would be cool though, right? Mm-hmm. Because it would give us uh, more knowledge on, yes. on what's going on on the planet, the history of the planet, mm-hmm. and then just to be able to know that you know we took the time to discover stuff about our own planet and yeah. how we can you know keep it going. Exactly. Because we always talk about like Elon Musk and going to Mars and stuff like that. Like that's awesome. I love it. But why do you think he's trying to go to Mars? It's because we're messing the the thing we got up now. Like, uh-huh. You move because you don't like where you're at. Yeah. Like where you're at. Like exactly. <laughs> fix, fix where you're at, and then you, you don't have to move. Like, exactly. That's that's what Elon talks about all the time is, you know, we, we need to find a way to get to another planet so that we can continue to evolve and survive. It's like, no, we don't. 
We just need to take care of the planet. Exactly. But he's smart enough to realize that we aren't doing that. Yeah. That's why we need to go mm-hmm. to another He's planet. like, he, he know we're not going to do right. So he he's like, him. let's find a plan B. <laughs> he yeah. already know. <laughs> First of all, Elon's an alien anyways. Exactly. <laughs> let's, let's, not even, let's not even ignore the fact that he's an alien. Mm-hmm. But he, he is definitely smart enough to realize that we aren't taking care of this planet. So we need to find another planet to go to. Yeah. But yeah, I would I would love for us to figure out more stuff about the ocean. Me because too. it's it's beautiful, number one. Yeah. Um, all the creatures that are down there. I seen I was watching something one time and it was showing like uh have you seen those fish that like glow in the dark and whatnot? Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Scary again. Yeah, very scary. Yeah. Because like some of those things will have like these giant teeth and uh-huh. even like on uh finding Nemo, that one with yes. the huge and it had like that light that they were following. Uh-huh. Like that's so scary. But at the same time, it's like, hey, that's that's life, you know, that's just what's down there. That's how things have evolved over time. So yeah. you just gotta embrace it. Exactly. Yeah, I, that would be cool <laughs> for us to just go down there, send any type of technology possible to go down there and see, capture something. Yeah, yeah. What What do you think is something that um, you've seen, I guess, just, I don't know, scientifically wise that we that we do that you're interested in? Like, I'm, I'm huge into space. Uh, that's that's like my one thing. So what, what's something that you, I don't know, that you're into that we've been doing? Uh, I, I, honestly, I'm not really crazy about space. I do think the ocean is amazing, but I just, I, 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 I love the rainforest. Mm. I'm fascinated with the rainforest. Just going somewhere and being lost in the trees. Mm. And it's weird because trees will kill me with my allergies. <laughs> A lot of a lot of plants are not my friend, but just to go somewhere and just not know where you are. And when you look up, all you see is green hovering yeah, over you. The canopies. Yeah, I just feel. I just think that's the most beautiful thing ever, and I would just love to experience that. I don't want to get lost, but yeah. I would love to just experience just having the earth show me how small I am. Basically, mm. <laughs> basically, just saying, hey, you are not. As big and as important as you think you are, it's a very humbling experience. Just doing something like that, being out in the wild, kind of like going to Africa and the savannas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you're around all these apex predators, you'll be humbled very quickly. Yeah. Even if you're just in a car, just looking at them sightseeing, you'll be, you'll be just seeing a rhino here, a lion there, an elephant there. You're gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm not shit compared <laughs> to. <laughs> You know, we're just puny little humans. <laughs> yeah. It makes us it makes us definitely, as you said, makes you feel small. It makes you realize um what's out there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think I think that might be a lot of people's problem with uh sustaining rainforests and stuff like that is because it might make them feel small. Yeah. That's why probably a lot of people go hunting uh these Exotic animals, and and, game and, hunters. Yeah. I hate them so bad. <laughs> yeah, in different countries, is because they want that feeling of, oh, I killed this thing. Yeah, and it's like, right, but it's cool. like, come on now, yeah. I want, I want to see you kill it with your bare hands. <laughs> then you'll be big man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not with a bullet. <laughs> like yeah. no. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that there are different ways that we could definitely handle that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a humbling experience to be in uh, those kind of environments. Have you ever been to, like, a, a cool rainforest, like a, a natural rainforest? No, I want to. That's, that's my biggest dream. I would suggest, just because I've been there, mm-hmm. uh, Ecuador. Ecuador mm. is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, the rainforest and stuff like that around there is just so cool. Like, I believe. I was hiking through um, like a side road forest area, and it turned out to be like a nice bridge and water and everything. And I was like, this is so cool. And yeah. it, it just feels so ancient. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it feels so untouched. Like, I know there was a bridge there that somebody put there. Like, yeah. <laughs> obviously. But at the same time, yeah, but it just. It, it didn't feel like, you know, I was somewhere in America where, you know, tourists go all the time and people are, you know, hanging out there and partying and whatnot. Yeah. It felt like something that was natural. Like, it just, as ancient, I guess, is the best word I can describe. Something that was just so earthly and just been there for a long time. And I was like, this is. This is how a lot of places should be. You know what I mean? This yeah. is how some things should just be kept like this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely have to put Ecuador on my list yeah, yeah. of places to check out. I, my my big goal is to go study the the land of which my pets are from. Mm. So I want oh to go. Oh, my God. How many pets do you have? <laughs> Uh, including my dog and all the snakes, I would say I'm at 12 now. Oh, my God. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, she probably has a ton of pets. Yeah. Okay, so what all do you have? I have two boa constrictors. I have... Pause. Uh, <laughs> Pause. <laughs> two boa constrictors? Yes. Oh one baby God. and one fully grown. <laughs> I have... Are um, they related? No, okay. I got them at different times from different people. And I have a chocolate lab pit bull mix, and then the rest are ball pythons. The rest are pythons? Well, no, I take that back. I have one California king snake, oh <laughs> and the rest are ball God. pythons. <laughs> and this is at your residence where you live in? Uh-huh. Oh some are in the God. living room, some are in the bedroom. Oh, my God. I do plan on, because we live on a bunch of land, we still live on my granddad's property. Mm. Um, My parents did say there's a piece of land that I could build on. Mm. And so my goal is to build a big, giant, I would say, reptile house. It's going to be an insulated shed, but Mm. a big, giant reptile house where I could fit my snakes plus a few dream lizards that I want. Now, do you have to keep them separated? Yeah. The only time... I would ever put them together, which I have no plans right now, is breeding. Mm. Yeah, I don't have any plans for that right now. Maybe in the future I might breed my first snake just because I really want to continue his line. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to say, hey, I have the offspring of the very first snake I ever owned. But as far as being a breeder, Memphis has a lot of breeders. They don't need another one. <laughs> it's totally Memphis saturated. Memphis has a bunch of snake breeders? Yes. <laughs> The reptile oh community. God. The reptile community is bigger than what you think, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna have to shut this down. We have we we have a reptile <laughs> expo that happens three or four times a year at the Lander Center. So yeah. Oh my god. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I should I should go to this. Yeah, Repticon is so much fun. <laughs> oh man, yeah i I think that it's it's healthy for people like me to to be around that. And so my wife, her her family, mm-hmm. I think they used to have a snake. I don't think they have it anymore. Um, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> thank God. But yeah, so um, we were we were up at her parents' house and. We were just outside, just hanging out. And then her mom was like, uh, hey, Jackson. I like turned around, has the snake in hand, like almost threw it at me. <laughs> and I'm like, just, I, I'm, I'm about to run and, <laughs> and drive away, and I'm leaving Rachel here. But I ended up, she ended up putting it on my neck, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like crawling around. It was like, it started wrapping around my neck. And I was yeah. like, Hey, time to time to take it away. <laughs> but uh, it's it was a pretty cool snake. It was pretty chill. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's I don't understand them and they freak me out. But they're they're super cool, super chill, and they they really aren't aren't dangerous as people make them out to be. At at the at the most, a snake will warn you a good ten times before it bites. So what's what's some warnings from a snake? The first warning uh, for most snakes. Well, let me speak for my pets. Okay, Morticia, uh, my one of my boa constrictors. If she's about to go into shed, you know they always shed like once a month or whatever. Oh, um, I didn't know they shed that often. Yeah, because they're constantly growing. Now, as they get older, the sheds are less frequent, but oh, they still shed. Okay. Um, when she's going in, the the best way I know she's about to go into shed is when she hisses at me. If I open her enclosure, she's hissing. I'm like, ah, oh, it's that time of the month. She ain't oh. ready. <laughs> she don't want to be bothered. Other, other times, she's chill. Hmm. I open the cage up, and she's chill. She's looking at me. She flicks her tongue to smell. But for her, the first warning is a hiss. Hmm. Um, for my California king snake, the first warning, Calif- one thing about king snakes is that they like to mimic rattlesnakes. Hmm. And so they'll just wag their tail real fast. Oh, wow. That's the first warning. They'll wag their tail real fast. And then if you continue to like pick them up anyway, then they pee and poop on you. Oh, snap. Yeah, it's called musking. So they where they do the combination of the two at the same time. So hmm. they'll do that. And if you're still bothering them and they feel like they're just stressed out or they feel like they're in danger, especially the babies, because everything looks dangerous to them, yeah. then they might strike with a bite. But some snakes um, I've discovered... Um, just following a bunch of reptile people on YouTube. So some snakes will give you a false bite where they tap you with their face, but they never open their mouth just to freak you out and make you think they bit you. Oh, snap. Yeah. That's wild. I yeah, didn't know that. I follow a bunch of guys on YouTube. They um, have collection of venomous, especially out in Florida. Hmm. And a lot of their venomous snakes, they will either do a false bite where they'll just hit you, but don't open their mouth or if they do bite, it's a dry bite. Okay. Like there's some venomous snakes that can control their venom. They're not going to, every bite is not going to inject you. Mm. So they will give you plenty of warnings beforehand of like, yo, leave me alone. I'm not in the mood or I'm scared. I'm defensive. Um, before like the bite is the last resort. Yeah. That's usually not the first go-to for snakes. Okay. Yes, yeah, people believe, think. <laughs> yeah, in my head, a snake is like... All snakes are venomous. All, <laughs> all snakes are one thousand percent dangerous, and that's 
as I said, like that's just you know what <laughs> this one time <laughs> me and Rachel we went on a walk through um I think it was Shelby Farms or no it wasn't yeah yeah I think it was Shelby Farms and uh <laughs> we were close to some water oh and yeah <laughs> all of a sudden there is a massive I'm talking 60 foot snake <laughs> Again, that's that's your brain. brain. This was a sixty foot anaconda with a Samuel Jackson type snake, and it was all black. And I was like, "All right, I'm about to die." And I saw it just slithering away. In reality, it's a three foot. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was legit, like three foot. It was not even that big, and. I, I just started walking toward the car. I didn't say anything to Rachel. You just I, left. I just left. <laughs> I literally just walked back. And he was like, if she dies, she dies. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just have to be faster than her because the snakes are just going to get her. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was terrifying. But oh it, it literally, it was right next to me. Uh-huh. And, it, and it just literally just went right by me. But yeah. I was like, Wasn't that's, even phased. That's, that's too close for comfort. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about this right now. He was like, nope, nope, yeah, nope, I'm a, out. No, uh, what are they called? Nope ropes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope ropes. <laughs> nope ropes. Yeah. But yeah, that's um yeah, that was that was pretty scary. I don't even know why I forgot why I told you. Oh, that. that's funny though. But anyway, so continue about the rest of your rest of your snakes. Uh um they are <clears throat> for the most part they're pretty chill. Um Stitch was an asshole. I just I put a post on Instagram recently telling his story. Like sometimes I'll post my snakes on Instagram mm. and I will put in the caption, you know, who they are and their personalities and stuff just for fun. Um, but yeah, Snitch was the Stitch was the only one that I've ever had that was like ready to fight me every day of his life. Mm. And I don't know why. <laughs> like, so when did you get him? Uh, I want to say I got him. 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, he came later. Jafar, my first snake, I got in 2015. Um, so Stitch came way later, but he was just, he just was not happy. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of close calls of where he almost bit me. <laughs> um, but he never did because I'm just too quick <laughs> and I can read like the body language of a snake. When oh they, my God. Yeah. So it's like once you have them long enough, you can tell you like, oh, you're in one of those moods. <laughs> and <laughs> But now he's finally got to the point where he's tamed down enough to where I can just reach in his enclosure, pick him up, take a couple of pictures, put him back, and he's fine. I still won't take him to photo shoots, but yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, we finally got to a point where you trust me mm-hmm. and that you know I'm not going to you know, kill you or anything. Do So you said not taking him to the photo shoots. What, what are some things that are human... I guess human related things that we do that makes uh snakes nervous. So like loud noises or anything like what what makes a snake nervous? Mainly we're just big we're just big monsters to them. Mm. Even even anacondas and and like the big threes, the anacondas, the reticulated pythons and the Burmese pythons. Even to them, we see them as these big huge giant snakes. But they feel small around us. Oh. So just our mere presence can make them feel uncomfortable. Mm. Um, unless, you know, unless you have a snake that's real confident in himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there are snakes like that. There are some snakes that are like from the jump, from birth, they just don't care. I feel like that would be 
king snakes because they eat like a bunch of other snakes, right? King snakes are one of, sometimes as babies, they can be pretty flighty because they're like this small. <laughs> oh. They're like, they literally look like worms as babies. Wow. Um, that's how small they are. So birds can eat them. Other lizards can eat them. Other snakes can eat them. But once they mature and become adults, oh yeah, there's no, there's no scare in a king snake really mm. because yeah, they eat other snakes. Um, I really feel like the big bads, and when I say big bads, I just mean the overly confident is um, the cobras, mm. the different monocle cobras and stuff like that, um, because they're venomous snakes, but they also eat other snakes. Okay. They don't just eat rodents. They can't eat rodents as part of their diet, but they they eat other things. Like people who own cobras, like my favorite um, YouTuber is Tyler Nolan. He's a tattoo artist, and he has like probably over 50 snakes and lizards in his house. I don't know. But majority of them, <laughs> majority of them are venomous. And oh so he, he feeds oh them Burmese God. pythons. So, he feeds them other snakes? Yeah. Oh, so it's man. like, because in Florida, you know, they got a law. You can hunt the Burmese because they're invasive species. So, you know, if you got a license or whatever, you can go out to the Everglades, hunt them and sell their skins or whatever. So wow. he has people who hunts them and they'll just send what they to him because that's food source. That's free mm. food source for his snakes. So to have a large king cobra that's able to eat at least medium-sized Burmese python. That's that's pretty massive. (laughs) So I feel like they are the most confident. Them and the mambas. There's a reason why Kobe called himself the black mambas. The mambas, there's no messing with mambas. Mm. Like, they know. I feel like like those snakes are aware of their power. Yeah, yeah. They're aware. So they they fear nothing. (laughs) Hmm. So what what does a mamba usually eat? Is it just... Other snakes and anything, or they- I, I think I I think uh, smaller snakes they mm. they're not going to eat a retic or a Burmese, but for the most part, you know rodents and things like that. Any small animals, uh, I, I've heard that in the wild they've caught some up in the trees eating birds and stuff. Whatever they can fit in mm. their mouth, <laughs> they're going to try. Okay, yeah, that's you know you hear about those the black mamba and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. that uh, so with a king snake. I heard, gosh, what is it about the reason why they can eat venomous snakes? I th- they just have like something inside of them that they're able to. Um, it's kind of like they're immune to the venom. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what it is specifically, but I'd, I'd heard about that, and that's yeah. why they're able to. They're to able do to that. overpower them. Yeah, and they have a, a mean. Overpowering force like constri- like boa constrictors and pythons, they constrict their prey. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll squeeze it, make sure it's dead, then they'll eat. King snakes, they don't care. They don't mm-hmm. care if you're still alive. They're just gonna swallow you. They're <sighs> gonna grab you and they're gonna swallow. <laughs> well, if you're a rodent, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you know, or another snake, they're just gonna overpower you with their muscles and their body. Like they're not waiting for you to stop breathing. <laughs> And like, at least with the venomous snakes, for their prey, they'll bite, wait till it goes and dies off, and then eat. And no, not king snakes. They don't care. That's so. <laughs> they crazy. like you can still be crying for your mother, and we're still swallowing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. That's so wild. Yeah, yeah. Like snakes are such interesting creatures. They are. And again, it's one of those like. Research, research, research. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, and 
I think snakes can be one of those creatures that um, people develop false confidence about, uh, even like uh, like bears. Mm-hmm. I don't know why yeah. people develop false confidence with bears. Yeah, you know a bear is absolutely fast and strong. Don't act like you can just get around a bear and snap some pictures and you're and you'll be fine. That bear is going to bite your face. But like off. yeah, like we talked about earlier, it's the cute factor. Yeah. They're so cute. It's like, oh stop. We need a poo. <laughs> like, oh. But with snakes, I think it's because one, they don't have any legs. Yeah. And two, they are for the most part, most species are relatively small. Mm. So even though, yes, we fear them, but most people have the confidence of, if I see one in my yard, let me go grab it by the tail and stuff and whip it around. It's because they're so small. (laughs) They don't have hands or claws to grab you if you, you know, if you just yank it up by its tail. (laughs) To me, that makes it seem more dangerous, right? Yeah, because they can can whip back. (laughs) This thing can go probably 15 miles per hour and it doesn't have legs. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah, and so, they use every muscle in their body. They can just whoop, come back around and get you. Yeah, when I see people who are like, yep, this is uh, the most deadliest snake, and they're just like letting it. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, that's called false confidence. You should not, tr- don't trust any snake. <laughs> you can trust some. They're all untrustable. Nah, nah, nah. Some, like, like Tyler Nolan, he knows his venomous snakes. Mm. There are certain cobras he knows that, okay, like, I believe Rusty is one of them, um, or Kevin. um, No, that's another uh, reptile breeder. But um, it's like he knows which snakes, which cobras are confident, cool, calm, and collected. Mm. And then he has some that are not so cool, calm, and collected. So some he will lift up with his bare hands. Others he will need a glove and some hooks. Mm. So he, so you got to learn your animals, especially if you raise them as babies. Mm. By the time they're full grown adults, the most utmost confident. Mm. You're confident in them, and they are confident in you. And once you bridge that relationship together, it's like perfect. Yeah, there are certain there are certain people who can have like rattlesnakes. And they can have it wrapped around their necks. And you, you you, and I would think, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. But they know their snake. They can read it. They can feel the body language. They know that this particular animal is not going to whip out and bite. And if it was to whip out and bite, they're prepared. Yeah. They're, they're mentally yeah. and emotionally prepared. They're like, hey, I, I, that comes with the territory. <laughs> is Tyler like a taller uh, white dude that looks kind of fit? Um, I don't think he's that tall, but, um, he is a white dude. He's heavily tatted with long hair. Nah, this isn't. So I know another guy and this guy's really young. Yeah. I think he's probably like in his early twenties maybe, but, um, I think he was working at a, um, I don't know. I don't think it was a zoo. I think it was like a, like a sanctuary or something Mm -hmm. for, it might've been multiple different animals, but I know in this one area it was all snakes yeah and um he was handling he had a he had a snake i think he named it kevin chandler a, chandler's wildlife that might that chandler, might be chandler yeah 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 i was watching that dude stuff for a while and i it's, love him it's straight 
comedy, the way he talks about those snakes. Yeah. He's like, all right, you know, again, he's like, yep, this snake is uh, super deadly and super um, venomous. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, put it back. <laughs> put it down. <laughs> Why are you holding it in your hand? <laughs> oh, my God. But, again, he, he knows how to handle them. He was like, yeah. yep. Um, oh, he'll, like, open one of the cages, like open the sliding door, uh-huh. and then it, like the snake will like strike at him. Uh-huh. He's like, "All right, closing that back." <laughs> yes, and, and yes. at least he, he knows, like he knows how to handle those snakes, mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that he knows, like, um, you know, as you said, like their personalities. He knows like what they're going through yeah. and if they've had a bad day, and oh. What I hated watching but loved watching was when he'd give them baths. Oh, yeah. He's got to soak them yeah. in. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, um, actually, let me let me look this up. I'll put it on this TV. Okay. Um, What's his name? Chandler? Yeah, Chandler. Yeah, he used to work at a sanctuary, but I think now uh, he has his own place. His own property, and he now has an owl, and I think that is so cool. Named oh, Bogoyle, wow. <laughs> Um and he he has a bunch of crocs and alligators. But yeah, I, I yeah he had um he was working at an animal sanctuary in Florida for some time, and yeah, and they let him house his own personal snakes there, yeah, yeah. and so he would have videos with Kevin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Look at that, guys. Do you see that? Oh. Yep, that's Kevin. Just like that. But that snake's not playing with him. Uh huh. The stuff that that dude was doing, Uh it was was blowing my mind. I was like, I can't believe he's doing that right now. Yeah, and his new facility, um, he said once he gets it up and running, um, he's going to have a whole snake building. He's going to open it to the public to do like tours and stuff. And that's my bug list to go down there and meet him and see Kevin and all that jazz. It's it's in Florida, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. South Florida is where they are. Yeah. Yeah, that he's got some pretty cool stuff. And yeah. for him to be so young and to have that much knowledge and, and to actually care, you know, he's yeah. not he's not doing it just for like entertainment. Like Mm-mm. he genuinely cares about those snakes and genuinely wants wants to educate people. Yeah. And it's it's really cool to watch. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's my goal for here in Memphis, not with venomous, but with other snakes, just to educate everybody and have people like fall in love with them, and I see them as um, the monsters that society made them out to be. Does the zoo have a good snake exhibit or anything like that? They have a somewhat decent snake event, uh, uh, exhibit. They have some. Um, they have some nice a nice collection where mm-hmm. you can get a variety. They have a Burmese python in there. They have a retic in there. They have a green mamba in the same enclosure with a gaboon viper. Mm-hmm. Um, because the green mamba just stays up in the little tree, the little top, and the gaboon stays at the bottom. Okay. Um, so they're able to coexist together. So they have a pretty uh they have a cobra, um, a king cobra. So they have a good, decent. Um, side. They have a whole Komodo dragon exhibit. Oh wow! Um, 
where they have the big ones where you, during the summertime you can see them outside and stuff like that. In the wintertime, you can go see them on the inside in their inside enclosure because they have to stay in heat. Um, and then they have a few young Komodo dragons like babies in the same building with the snakes. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty decent yeah. in my opinion. It's it's not – sorry, Mephizu, I love y'all. I'm a member. Don't kick me out. <laughs> it's not the best aesthetically pleasing building, mm. but it, it serves its purpose. And I think the enclosures are decent enough for, for uh, the animals, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, like – I need to go. I, I haven't been to the Memphis Zoo yet. I hear it's actually like one of the best zoos yeah, there is in America. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. What What's your like? I guess top things there. Definitely the um, Big Cat Country or Cat Country. I I don't know the official name, but it's like when you first walk in, it's off to the left side. Okay. Um, definitely the the Hurt Building. I love, oh my gosh, I love the Tropical Birdhouse. Mm. Just for one thing only, there is a hornbill in there named Jenny and her brother named Harry, but Jenny is the star. Okay. When you go in, just yell out Jenny and you will hear her. <laughs> she responds. That's she crazy. she has character. And then when people go up to the cage, she will actually fly down close enough where you still have the barrier, but she will come down and look and try to poke her beaks out through the cage and stuff like that. Like she's amazing. I go, I go there every Saturday to take pictures and it's, I always take a visit to Birdhouse and I was like, hey Jenny. And then all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and that's just her responding. Okay. It's, it's she's my favorite. She's my favorite. During the summertime, they have a little stingray exhibit where you can go and feed the stingrays and stuff. Hmm. And wasn't last year, year before last, they had like a two-month-old baby stingray. And so when I went to go feed them, I made sure I fed the baby every time. <laughs> and it's just, it just feels funny feeling them suck the food out your hand oh. from the bottom. It's just like it's like a vacuum. Hmm. And that's my favorite thing. But that's okay. only when it's hot outside. Oh. Do they okay. have that open? So how is it like during this time of year? During this time of year, it's it's very mellow. It's not even busy. Oh, okay. Because nobody wants to go yeah. outside. So when I'm there, sometimes it's probably one or two families in there with me mm. in the whole zoo. Dang. Yeah, during this time. Like last weekend I went and we I go there exactly at nine because when the zoo first opened is when the animals are the most active and when like the last hour before the zoo closed. Mm. And so I go there at nine and it's like probably three of us in line mm. to go in. The parking lot was pretty much empty. Okay. And so it's perfect for that much. But at the flip side, certain animals will not be out if it's too below freezing. Oh, okay. So that's the flip side of it. So um I believe last weekend the temperatures were just so bad that mo the only cats that were out were the leopards, the snow leopard and the regular leopard. Hmm. The lions, the tigers, they were all inside. They were like, nah, we ain't doing it. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Leave us alone. Um, the, to me, the fall is the perfect. Okay. It's just that perfect window of it's not as busy. And the temperature isn't as bad. It's not scorching hot mm. and you're sweating. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like the fall, like closely around almost Zubu time and Halloween and stuff is the perfect time to go. Mm. To go visit. Yeah. That's all distracting. Um, 
so you were talking about something you'd like to do, kind of like what Chandler does. Um, how would you do it? Like, what would you want to do? Well, I'm slowly but surely building my YouTube channel. Okay. It, it's, it's very slow because I did not know how I was going to do it. Like, mm. I started off doing um, uh, reviews. So oh, it's called okay. Snake Cinema Music Reviews, where yeah. every Monday I review a movie while holding a snake. And every mm. Friday I review, like, either an album or a single. While okay. holding the snake, and a lot of people said that's a good concept, good idea, um, and I and I enjoyed it, especially during the pandemic where we weren't doing anything and we we're just sitting at the house. Like I'm sh- watching movies on stream, and I'll go review it mm. while I'm playing with my snakes, and it it was fun. Um, but I'm just taking a little break from it now. Um, but I also want to do more educational, where I'm actually talking about reptiles, and I also want to travel more to different places, both wild and in captivity, whether it's a sanctuary or something, and show people, you know, different different reptiles, like different lizards and different t- turtles and tortoises and alligators and things like that. So my family, we are taking a trip down to Florida, just a typical, hey, let's go to Disney World, let's go to Universal. But I told them I'm taking time out of one of those days to go to Gatorland, mm. which is a big old like alligator theme park. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to spend there just creating content and taking photos and videos of the alligators and the crocodiles and and just show that experience and stuff. So that's that's a goal of mine. Have you ever heard of Alligator Alley? I've heard of it, but I haven't been there. It's in Alabama. Okay. Uh, I'm, as I said, I'm from Alabama. And um, me and my wife were actually, I think we were at the beach. Mm-hmm. And then on our way back up north, because my parents live um, like northeast Alabama. Yeah. So on our way back, we were like, let's go stop at Alligator Alley. So we stopped there. First time we ever went there. That was a crazy experience because there was so many alligators there. Yeah. And uh, they did have some snakes. And um, what else did they had? Um, oh, they had like an iguana. So do you remember that like big eclipse that we had like a few years ago? Um, uh-huh. Gosh, what year was that? That might have been 2018, actually. Probably, yeah. But um, that. When we went, that was the day of the eclipse. Oh, wow. (laughs) They had an iguana there, and they gave it, like, some sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. Oh, my gosh. But uh, I'll have to show you some pictures when we get done. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they had that. Uh, What else did they have? They had some massive alligators. And the the guy was – they had, like, one of those uh, exhibit-type people, and he's – and so he's – um, he's beyond a fence. Mm-hmm. So they had like stadium seating with bleachers and then that is fenced off and then it's just some grassland and then water. Yeah. So the whole place looks like a, um, what do you call it? An Everglades or something like yeah. that. Like that's what the whole uh, alligator alley looks like. And he's feeding some of the alligators and he's talking about like, yeah, um, what's his name? He's, he's blind. So <laughs> we just throw some food near him. And if he catches it, he does. And I was like, hold on, pause. <laughs> if you're standing next to him, how does he not know <laughs> not to eat you? Uh, and you don't. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but, um, I think we asked, um, like, how do they get the alligators? And they said some of the alligators, 
just swim up. Yeah. They're just like random alligators. And yeah. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Alligators are very smart. They've learned to like, they learn to associate humans with, hey, they might feed me. Mm. Like, so some, especially in Florida, which is, you know, it's a law. If you see a wild alligator, don't feed it. Don't get it. Don't <laughs> get it don't. used to it. to being fed because then it becomes a nuisance. Then they mm. have to come catch it and kill it and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, some alligators are just as smart. They see humans hanging out by the water. They're like, hey, they might have something to throw at me. That's so crazy. let me go. And it's so many people. I've learned a lot. Alligators, they they can be trained to come by their name. Mm. And that's why I love watching the Gatorland videos on YouTube because they'll be like, hey, Dundee. And he'll just, you, all of a sudden, you don't see nothing. You see just a pool of water, a bunch of eyes. Then right. all of a sudden, one particular, out of all the millions of eyes in the lake, one particular would just come out and that'd be Dundee coming to get his food. And it's just, it's funny. Like, they, those animals are the most respected in my eyes. Mm. In my eyes, I respect them a lot. Um, and I love them a lot. I, I wish I could own one, but I know I can't. Yeah. <laughs> um, legally, well, knock on wood, right now, you can own a dwarf caiman in Tennessee. What's a dwarf caiman? It, it's it's the, the Pomeranian of the alligators. <laughs> It's um they're they're a lot smaller. They don't get more than from head to tail, probably four or five feet. Maybe like the size of like an iguana or something. Yeah, okay. and it's like, but but they're still an alligator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or a crocodile, really. Okay. Um, a caiman, but yeah, there's a particular species called the Cuvier's dwarf caiman, cool. and there's this guy in New England named Kevin McCurley. He breeds them, hmm. and. They are the most beautiful little miniature crocs ever. And one time I went to the Reptile Expo, I told you about Atlanta Center, Repticon, and there were some breeders there. And one guy had this little Sterlite tub, and I looked, and it was a baby Coover's Dove came in, and just 400 bucks. And I asked him, I said, is this legal in Tennessee? Like, could I cross state lines? Because, you know, we're in Mississippi at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, could I cross state lines? He said, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I want it so bad. I was like, nope, can't do it. I don't have the space. Yeah. yeah. But if if once I get the space, and as long as the laws don't change by the time I get the space and get that big reptile shed I want, I'm getting one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think alligators are pretty, pretty cool creatures. Like yeah. they're as you said, they they seem like they're pretty smart. Um this one time I saw a video of a uh, a horse was getting attacked by an alligator. And it started stepping on it. And it just <laughs> it was just kicking the piss out of this horse. I mean, out of the <laughs> alligator. I was like, I never would have thought that. Like, I thought the alligator would just come up, chomp his legs off, end the story. No, nah, But nah. the horse was putting in work on that alligator. I was oh, like, my gosh. I just crazy. saw a TikTok, um, a TikTok video where an alligator was just – no, it was actually a crocodile. Mm. <laughs> a crocodile was by the water, and a baby hippo came and was just chewing on his tail like a chew toy, just playing. And the croc didn't do nothing. It just sat there. Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, what am I going to do? Because in the wild, hippos reign supreme. Yeah. In, on land and in water. So, and crocs know that. They are smart. Oh. They they fought many battles to know not to mess with the hippos. Mm. So even though it's a baby and nine times out of ten, the croc could have turned around and wiped the baby out. But mm. it's like, I'm not going to even try. I'm not going <laughs> to even. 
Why would I do that? His mom is probably right there. <laughs> like, I'm not going to even tell. So he let the, he just wagged his tail and let the baby hippo play with it. That's crazy. <laughs> it didn't even bother. Yeah, hippos, they're, I've heard they can be pretty mean, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, as you said, they're like the, Underrated, how powerful underrated, yes, they can be in the that kingdom because, like the bears, they they see it all little chunky, cute yeah, little yeah. little fat um little animal, and it's like, but no, it's it has sharp teeth mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has a bite force and it has muscles, even though it looks fat, it's mm-hmm. it's muscles, yeah. Because, and they can swim really fast. Really? I've seen some videos on YouTube of people on a boat and the hippo is with the boat, like going fast. And they're, and they're screaming. They're like, oh, and the hippo's going with them. Dude, that's another one of those that, things where it's like. Again, I don't, I don't fuck with the water. I love yeah. the water, but I know it's too many creatures that can take me out in the quickness. And we're so fortunate that hippos aren't like, you know. We're fortunate that hippos aren't native to America. (laughs) That too. I think the hippos will wipe us out more than anybody. Yeah. I I know, um, God, there's something else that's like um, pretty crazy about, I think, I don't know if it was hippos or what, but yeah, they like, they're so, again, like fast and strong and then they're big and it's like. Don't mess with it. Just leave it leave alone. Leave it be. Leave it be. <laughs> because, you know, you don't hear about hippos, um, you know, just attacking people randomly. They're no. attacking people because they're in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then, or they've know. been provoked. Yeah. Or a tourist is on a safari and they see a baby and they get too close and then you got to run for your life. <laughs> Treat, treating it like a bear. Yeah, treating it like a bear. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, hey, let's actually wrap this up. Okay, um, it's been amazing talking yes. to you. It's been so fun uh, learning about all the things you know about animals, and I, I, I think this will definitely help people who <laughs> who don't know stuff. Um, I didn't know about Tyler. I have to look up some of his stuff. Yes, and, he's amazing. Because I think the only like snake person I really looked into was Chandler. He had some really cool stuff on that. So. Um, Give everybody your everything, all your videos and uh, Instagram and all that stuff. Oh, okay. You can follow me on Instagram at Creative Reptiles. I also have a photography page, Elias Creatives, um, E-L-I-A-S, then Creatives. Um, that's my where I do my wildlife pictures. And also, I'm on TikTok with my reptiles. I show my snakes on TikTok. So TikTok at um, Creative Reptiles all together. So, yeah, that's it. Cool. Uh, what do you have? What have you got coming up? Are you working on something? Uh, Art Bazaar. Oh, yeah. Uh, definitely. They have an event coming up on February the 26th. Um, please follow Art Bazaar 901 on Instagram where you get the dates and times and everything. Um, I will be one of the photographers there, and I'm bringing um, at least four of my snakes, I know for sure. And a bunch of models of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bunch of models have already DM'd me with their ideas, concepts, and outfits saying, hey, at the event, can I please get a picture with your snake? And so I'm so looking forward to all the content that we're going to create there because my snakes are pretty, pretty dope models. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, again, it's been great having you on. Uh, might have to have you on again. Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about photography. I know, all. right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I did that with, um, you know, Michael. Oh, Michael Cataltope. Yeah. Uh, Press Pause Images. 
that's him on. Yeah, I do know that's him. Michael. Yes, press pause. Okay, I didn't know yeah. who. Yeah. <laughs> so I had him on, and me and him talked for like, I think it was like two and a half hours. Wow. And didn't mention anything about for like maybe a minute for like the photography. <laughs> and then I was like, "Hey, man, let's wrap this up." And blah 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 blah. And I was like. We didn't even talk about photography. And then we started talking about <laughs> photography for like another hour. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, dear God. But, yeah, it was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, he's he's a really cool guy. Great photos. Yeah. Does great work. Um, but, yeah, I, I really, I'll be there. I'll be doing stuff. I've been treating this completely wrong, I think, because <laughs> I didn't even know about it at all. And David sent me the info about it. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll come. You know, because yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Show up to your, whatever your event is. And then, like, then he put me in the group chat, and all these models started hitting me up. And I was like, hold yeah. on. What's, what's he was going like, on? wait a minute. I, was like, I didn't even know what we were doing. I thought I was just going to show up and take some photos. Like, I didn't know what was going on. So I actually need to get on the ball and, like, actually figure out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a, a few of them hit me up and said, um, you know, uh, do like we can do whatever I'm cool with, and I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think most of the event is going to be just winging it, like networking, okay. photographers, meeting models, and you know, ch- chopping it up, getting to know each other, and also taking pictures with so different. I don't, I don't have to have a game plan going in. I can you just kind of make it up. There. Yeah, okay. yeah. That that was my game plan until all the models started DMing me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there were some clothing brands that DM me. It was nice. like, hey, can we borrow a snake for a certain concept? I was like, sure, that's fine. Because I think some people. Think because I'm a shooter as well. I'm a photographer that I only want people to use me as a photographer, which is not mm. the case. Like I will be honest, the photographers I've already chose, well, who chosen me. Once I shoot them, I want to be done shooting, and I just be the snake person. Oh, okay. While other photographers and other mo- and uh, the rest of the models work together, and they just say, "Hey, Elias, can we use Jimmy the boa for this? And can we use Jafar for this and stuff like that?" Mm. Um, because you know, I'm just one person, so yeah. me having a camera while having a snake is going to be kind of difficult. So, yeah. with the people who I've already confirmed ideas with, um, which I'm super excited about. We um once I'm done shooting them, I'm just gonna say, hey, it's a free for all. I'm stepping back. I'm putting my camera right now. The rest of y'all can collab and just tell me when you need a snake. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my. But my plan in the beginning was just to show up and wing it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think both is is fine. You don't have to pre plan anything. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. Uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank was, you for having me. Yeah, for my sure. very first podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did great. Thank you. You did great. All right. Well, thank you for everybody tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Yes. Bye. <laughs>